0: This is Pastor Phil Mentor. I'm the pastor of Harvest Worship Center in Trine Georgia. We'd like to thank you for joining us for our weekly podcast. Every week, we try to broadcast our Sunday morning celebration that begins at 1030. This is the celebration of who Jesus is in our lives. We hope and pray that you will enjoy this message and that God will draw you closer to him through it. The untamable. Uh, the, releasing God's Spirit in our lives. We're going to go into this uh, a little bit deeper this morning. We started last week on Untamed, and if you wasn't with us last week, you can catch up online. We have an archive of the services there, and you can uh, catch up with us. But we were just kind of laying the foundation last week, and our anchor verses are found in the book of Galatians, and we're going to just kind of cover those this morning uh, again and so that you are with us. But again, those verses are found in Galatians, the fifth chapter, starting with the twenty-fifth uh, verse. It says, "If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, in envying one another." Uh, and in other words, verse twenty-four says, "And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires." We have to move forward for the Lord, Amen. We have to do what God wants us to do. So last week we went into verse uh, one of this chapter, which said, "For freedom, Christ has set us." free. Stand firm therefore and do not sum, uh, submit again to a yoke of, of slavery. Uh, we, Paul was addressing a group of believers who were being burdened by another group of believers to take an unnecessary yoke of religion on their lives. And so Paul was a missionary to the Gentile church or the Gentile nation. And Paul's desire was to see Gentiles come to Christ because that's what God had called him to do. Even though he was a Jew himself, he knew that the gospel was not reserved for just the Jewish nation, but it was supposed to be for all people. Jesus died for the entire world, amen? For God so loved the world. We know that scripture by heart. It didn't say that he died for just the Jewish people. It said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him, he loved the world. In other words, he loved those who would one day choose him, and guess what? Jesus still died for those who would reject him and say that he was a, a fake and a phony. Jesus still died for those who would spit at him and, and and curse his name today. He died and he loved them and still loves them and wants to see them in a relationship with him. So today, I want us to go a little bit deeper as we talk about what it means to unleash the Spirit of God in our life. Listen, the Spirit of the Lord is with us from the moment we are saved. Did you know that when you give give your heart to Jesus. When you were saved, the Bible says that the Spirit of God, he's striving with you. He's walking with you at that moment. And somebody said, well, that's great. I, I, I'm thankful for that. But what is the Spirit of God? So many times we can go to church and never be taught about the fullness of the Trinity. We're taught about the Father and we're taught about the Son, but we are we are not taught about the, the Holy Spirit. Today, I want to talk to you a little bit about the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is an awesome thing. Last week, we talked about how uh, the Latin word that I felt like changed my life, my perspective of creation, which was ex nihilo. Out of nothing, he made creation. Uh, and and it's time for a bad joke. So I'll share a bad joke with you. Maybe you'll get something out of this. But there's uh, uh, there's a world famous sculptor and he is very proud of himself so one day he challenges God to a a sculpting contest and he says you are you claim to be an artist of some sort so the artist said to God you claim this so I want to challenge you to a sculpting contest I'll do my best sculpture you do your best sculpture and we'll see who wins and the bible says or then then all of a sudden he says this man comes along and he he gets his rock he gets his piece of marble and he begins to get the artist gets his chisel ready and he starts to to, to to hit it with the hammer and all of a sudden God says, Whoa, 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 make your own rock. Some of y'all get that when you get to lunch. Get, in other words, God made the rock. If this artist is so good, look, as great as art is, as great as, I love architecture. I, I was, I've was i been privileged to travel this world somewhat, and, and I've seen beautiful structures like the Parthenon, and I've seen beautiful, as a matter of fact, I lived near it long enough that it lost its effect on me. You, you ever done that? You ever found that people that live near the beach never go to the beach, and those who live far away from the mountains, or live near the mountains, never go to the mountains? But They love to go to the other places, okay? It seems to be the the habit there. You know, we were, uh, we, we got to go to Universal for a few days and there was a waiter at a restaurant and he was asking us where we'd been and, and he said, uh, he, he goes, you know, oh, I haven't been there in years. I've got, you know, in, in other words, he lives in there, lives right next to it, but he hadn't been there in years. What are you saying? I'm, I'm saying you can, you can grow accustomed to some awesome things if you're not careful. It can lose its majesty. It can lose its awe. You ever lost your awe of something? Come on. You, you ever been around something so much that you it loses its, 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 its lure to you? you know, I, I want you to know something. We can't afford to take for granted this great God that we have that we forget to stand and be in awe of who he is. He is mighty. He is great. He is wondrous. And I'm here to tell you, you cannot even begin to, to understand the wonders. I can't even begin to understand the wonders of this God that we serve. And if we're not careful, we will get a religious mindset and we will get comfortable with church and religion and going through the motions that we are we lose our awe of this god that we serve we lose the in other words all of a sudden it loses its appeal oh god don't let you know I, I do i do counseling quite a bit in, in in my line of work and and a lot of times i speak with couples who who have forgotten why they got married in the first place And there's a little exercise I do with them and they always kind of, you know, (laughs) roll their eyes when they get this one. But I make them write their love story. And they got to do it separately and then they've got to share it with each other eventually and share it with me. But I make them write their love story. From their perspective why am i doing that i want them to rediscover why they got together in the first place i'm here to tell you some of us need to rediscover the cross we need to rediscover calvary we need to rediscover this great god that gave his only begotten son not that i would be enslaved to religion but that i might live freer than i've ever lived before we need to rediscover that a god that still heals A God that still saves. A God that doesn't care about your position in life. He loves you regardless of where you came from, who you are, the color of your skin, your pedigree, whatever. He doesn't care about your background. He'll save you no matter who you are, no matter what you've done. I've done too much. Blown it. You're believing a lie of the enemy. I could never be forgiven. You are leaving or believing a lie that has been packaged and sold to you. God loves you this morning. And you, are, if you let the devil, he will convince you you're unsavable. You're unreachable. I'm here to tell you, anybody ever felt like they were unlovable? Anybody admit they've been unlovable at times? Amen. Who's been a grumpy britches? I'll just use mama's for, you know, term there. Really, two, three? Quit pointing at somebody else. Who's ever been grumpy? Come on. (laughs) Let me call you tomorrow morning when you're headed back to work, some of you, after a week off. We'll see how happy you are. Amen. No, we've all had bad days. Anybody have a bad day? Jake Fromm had an awful day. (laughs) Awful day. Yes, he did. Quit applauding that. Jesus saves. So anyway. Look, we have bad days. How many of you wake up feeling like a Christian every morning? Not one hand. That's awesome. (laughs) There are days I don't feel saved. There are days that I don't feel the presence of the Lord. There are days that I I'm not going around. If you're happy and you know, clap your hands. I want to smack your hands. You know what I'm saying? There's days we don't feel that way. But that doesn't change who God is in our life. That doesn't change his love for me. That doesn't change the fact. Listen, how many married couples would admit some days you just don't want to see the other person? You love them. But it's like they need to, you know, a time out. Or I do one. All right. None of y'all want to admit that because you want to go home with somebody today. (laughs) But there are days that we don't feel as close as we do at other days. Come on, that's just life. We're occupied with things. Life gets busy. Things get busy. Listen to me. I'm telling you, God is wanting you to live in a freedom like you've never had before. He's wanting you to understand that when Jesus died on the cross for you, he set you free. He set you free from sin and death. He set you free from the penalty of hell. He set you free. And you may not have, you know, there are days, I'm telling you, folks, I remember one particular awful day in my life. I woke up. I was, I was late getting to where I had to go. I'd overslept. I was in a hotel headed towards 200 miles. I had to get to a place to meet some people to go to a camp, and I'm driving in Iowa, and if they put a curve in the road in Iowa, it is for entertainment. There's no reason to curve any road in Iowa. There are no mountains in Iowa. You know those speed bumps that you all complain about? That's mountain driving in Iowa. Seriously, there's no, there's nothing. And and so um, I remember I was I was getting onto the interstate and it was just this horrendous curve. I wasn't paying attention. They had a, a, a curb about this high and I hit it with the front tire and it literally wrecked my rim. I had to pry off the tire to get the little, excuse for a donut tire onto the vehicle and drive 200 miles on that because I didn't have money to buy another tire. I was literally that struggling evangelist living off of offerings from church to church. So I get the little donut on there and I am mad, I am angry. I get to Cedar Rapids, Iowa and I begin to share with them that night that I didn't feel much like a Christian that day. I didn't feel like rejoicing that day. As a matter of fact, I probably did a lot of repenting that day on my ride between there for the next 200 miles but God was faithful God was good and this little old lady comes carrying in a package like this that night I mean little old lady and some of the ushers saw her struggling and she grabbed it it was a big old floor jack she had bought at Walmart and she had brought it for me and she said I don't want you to go to hell over a flat tire preacher so I got you this jack <laughs> I still got that jack amen she did she brought me bought me a floor jack How's the devil work? You should have done that a week ago. You know, that kind of thing. No, seriously. We don't feel sometimes like we're free. We sure don't act like it. As a matter of fact, when we get into the house of God, a lot of times we act more bound than we do all the rest of the week. I don't know why that is. We're restricted in our worship. We're restricted. But yet, buddy, Saturday night, we're, you know, we're screaming at the television when our team's not doing too good, or if they are doing good. We're Friday night, we're hoarse from cheering on our team. What's, what's wrong? Folks, we're free this morning. Do you realize that if heaven is real, so is hell? And if you are saved this morning, you are free from hell. You don't have to fear that place. And you've got a reason to rejoice this morning. I don't know what it's going to take to realize that, but some of us need to shake off some chains this morning. There's an old song we used to sing and it, it, when when the when the praise and worship courses first started off and it would say shake off those heavy bands or, or lift up those holy hands. Let all God's people Well, I don't remember all of it. Praise the Lord, yeah. Part timers. Praise the Lord. Some of us, we walked in, it's not been that great week. Some of us, we tried to cut our finger off this week. <laughs> Heather. <laughs> Hedge trimmers one, Heather nothing. I'm telling you. Bless her heart. That hurt me just even thinking about it. Not a good week. But does that change the saving grace of God? not one bit you don't understand pastor i don't know how i'm gonna pay my bills does that change the saving grace look the worst the devil can do to you is kill you and if he kills you you go to be with jesus so he can't win well i I don't want to die you're not going to die you're going to live see that's the promise of the gospel the promise of the gospel is that death has lost its sting. The grave has no hold on me. Oh, this body might perish. But I'm here to tell you, if, you, if your vision of heaven is laying on a cloud strumming a harp, that's sad. That is so sad. If you think that's all heaven is going to be, I've got news for you. I think when Jesus was talking about heaven to the disciples, his eyes danced with joy. There was a smile on his face. It was like, you guys just don't know. I go to prepare a place for you. <laughs> for you. In my father's house. I'm going to use mansions because people get so upset when you, don't, when you say that, the literal translation rooms. I like the translation rooms. You know why? Because that means we all gonna be a family in God's house. So if you can't live with that person beside you, you might better start talking to them. They might be your neighbor. (laughs) We have so tamed our faith. We have so tamed Church that we have restricted not ourselves only, but we've restricted the freedom of God's Spirit to move and to work among us. I'm here to tell you, if I can go out here and live like the devil all week long and come into church and I'm not affected by the message, I'm not affected by the worship, I can just go back to my old lifestyle, I can just go back and do whatever I want to do. Something is wrong with that because I'm here to tell you, God wants to change your life, not restrict it, but free you to do what God wants to do in your life. I'm here to tell you, God's ready to set us free. See, some people like a tamed religion in their life. I want it manageable. I want it neat. I want it nice. Let me, let me ask you this How many of you have a relationship? Nobody? That's sad. I'm praying for you. How many have a relationship? Either marriage, a friend? Amen? Friends? Relationships. Are relationships perfect? Would, would, would I be correct in describing relationships as messy? <laughs> Relationships are messy. They take work. Somebody says, That's right. When I get married, it's going to be 50 50. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> Anybody in a 50 50 marriage? I want to see any. I mean, seriously, if you are, that's amazing to me. How many ever been in a you 90 know, 10? Or 60-40. Uh, Come on. It's work. Our relationship with God is work, but guess what he said about that? He said, for my burden, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He said, this relationship, it's not there to, to, to chain you down. This, this relationship with God is there to free you, to free you. There have been times in my life that I have been unapproachable, unlovable, but that didn't change the fact that God loved me. That didn't change the fact that God still approached me. I'm telling you, God is ready for us. To walk in freedom like we never have before, they were trying to chain them up with religion. Verses two through through six, they were trying to to put on them the law of circumcision, saying, "No, you've got to do, you got to become a Jew before you can become a Christian." And Paul says, "That's nonsense. They're they're putting an unnecessary burden on you. They are literally chaining you up with religion." I'm here to tell you, people will hinder the work of God in your life if you will allow people to do that. God has called you to do something. I'm here to tell you, I can remember when I was first called into the ministry, I would hear things like this because I would preach bold messages of faith. Oh, give it a few years and you'll see. I've never seen it yet and I never want to see it yet because I still believe in an untamed God that can do anything, anyhow, anywhere he wants to. And if you serve a restricted God, that's a sad thing for me. I, I feel bad for you because I'm here to tell you I've got a God that can heal the sick. I've got a God that can save the soul. I've got a God that can fill you with his spirit, walk in your life with you, that wants to do life with you. And when this life ends, will embrace you in the life to come. And I'm here to tell you that's the kind of God I serve. He's not bound by you and he's not bound by me. I don't want no religious God. I want a God that likes relationship. He goes on, verse 13 of chapter 5, and says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love uh, serve one another. He's saying, look, just because you have freedom doesn't mean you should serve your flesh in it. Do what your flesh desires. Look, some people use their freedom in Christ to do a lot of, a lot of wrong if they're not careful. He goes on, he says, For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But in if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. He's saying, Look, you can't continue to bicker among one another and fight one another. We all were set free by the same grace, the same mercy of the cross. And I'm here to tell you what God wants to abound in his body is he's wanting the love of God to be untamed and unleashed among us that we will. But love one another the way we ought to because he says, this is what it all hangs on. He's quoting the words of Jesus. When Jesus was asked by the disciples, what is the greatest of the commandments? Jesus looked at them and said, well, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. He said, that's number one, you gotta love God. He said, but number two, love your neighbor as yourself. He says, on these two hangs all the rest. That's what he was saying. All the laws and the prophets hang on these two principles, love God and love people. I'm here to tell you that will not change no matter who you are or where you're at. We got to love God with everything we have. And if we don't love God, there's no way we can do number two. How many ever found it difficult to love people? Thank you for your honesty, two or three, four. (laughs) Some of you are delaying your reaction. Come on. Anybody ever have people problems? The supervisor at work that just you can't seem to please. Come on. If your supervisor's in this room, I suggest you just say it. Come on. people problems everybody look you're going to have people problems if somebody sold you this kind of christianity if you get saved everything's going to work out everything's going to be just fine your life's going to be great and one blessing after another you were lied to it's work but it's the most fulfilling work you'll ever take on to love god and to love people I'm here to tell you, if harvest is going to continue to grow, these are the two, th- two things that must be prominent in our our, our our beliefs, prominent in what we practice to love God. When we come into this room, yes, it's easy to love God with a whole bunch of people, but that means loving God even when you are, uh, you know, you've got one item in your hand and some lady cuts you off going into the only open checkout line with three buggies full of junk. And looks at you and smiles and says, It'll only take a minute. Real life experience here. You're sitting there going, Does my wife really need this insulin? Just kidding. <laughs> no. God's going to heal that. Take care of it, Lord. No, you stand in line, you grin and bear it, and then you let everybody know how aggravated you are once you get out of Walmart. Is it worth my day to wait a little while? Is it worth my day to let that person that just annoys the life out of me? I got news for you. There's a lot to be said of treating people and doing things the way the Bible says to do them. The Bible says that when someone treats us with evil, we're to return it the favor with good. That's hard. If you find that easy, talk to me. I mean, that's hard to treat people who do wrong to you with good, with kindness and with love. But you know what the Bible says? It says when we do that, we're heaping hot coals of fire on their head. And some of you are too literal because you're like, oh, yeah, hot coals of fire. I want to burn their head off. No. What it simply means is is you're messing with their mind. Anybody ever treated you nice when you was ugly to them? Oh, how does that make you feel? Why do they treat me so nice? Why would they do that? Messes you up, doesn't it? But when you treat look, when you return their evil deeds with good, You're you're fulfilling God's plan. And I got news for you. When God deals with somebody, he'll deal with them like you can't deal with them. When God works on the end of it. Look, there's sometimes I just step back and say, okay, God, I don't know how to deal with this. I don't know how to handle this person. you just got to get them. Sick them, Jesus. Get them. Oh, you know you're that way. And Jesus says, no, no, no. I want to get them all right. I want to get them to me so I can love them and challenge them and work from the inside out in their life. No, 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 no. You know, in the Bible, they made fun of a bald man and he, they did. This, this is a Bible story. They made, <laughs> Elisha was being made fun of by a bunch of kids and Elisha got upset at him and rebuked them and you know what happened bears came out of the wood and and devoured them Isn't that one share that one with your kids before they go to bed you don't want daddy to pray <laughs> come on you know you like that that's a good story not if you're the kids but it's a good story No, we we want God to get somebody for us. God said, did I set you free so that I could be enslaved to your whims? No, I set you free so that you would realize I came and if I could set you free, I can set anybody free. And that person you're having problems with, you want want to know what I want to do, Phil? Instead of getting them, I want to change them. And I want to use you to do that. Well, I don't want to be used to do that. Well, tough. I want to use you to do that. And how you're going to be used is you're going to love them when you should hate them but I don't have love in my heart, Lord. Well, you see, that's the wonderful thing, Phil, because I'm gonna put love in your heart. And when you delight in me and you love me, it's gonna get a contagious love in your life that you're gonna love people and you're gonna be like, I don't want to, but I'm going to because God loved me and rescued me and set me free. How can I damn someone's soul to hell? How can I hate them? Because God loved me. God loved me. We pray so many times for people. How many have ever said, Lord, I would just like to see heaven one time? Just for a glimpse. Will you will you peel back the veil and let me see heaven? We don't want to pray that too far hard because we're afraid we might die, but you know, you know what I'm saying, like the visions in the Bible. Lord, let me see heaven, you know, like for a second. But then, I was preaching a revival in Crossville, Tennessee, and I was talking about who wants to go to heaven. I was about 19. And uh, years old, and I was preaching, who wants to go to heaven, you know, trying to get people out of their graves so that we could have church. And all of a sudden, you know, everybody gets up. This one little boy just kept sitting there on the pew going. (laughs) And, I mean, it disturbed me. (laughs) So after church, I went to him, and I said, you don't want to go to heaven? He said, I sure do. I just don't want to go today. (laughs) Good answer. We all want to go to heaven, but we don't want to get up a trip today. Amen. God saved us. He set us free. Do not return evil for evil. But turn good for evil. Do good. Love people. Loving people demonstrates the freedom that God has truly got in my life say I just I don't know how to do that. You're right. I don't know I don't know how to do it either. But I know God does. And now I was reminded of that when our kids did the skit about Barabbas. Jesus died for Barabbas. You know what I wonder sometimes? What if Judas had after he threw down the 30 pieces of silver he said i made a mistake what if he had went instead of hanging himself out of shame what if he had went back to jesus would i be quoting instead of paul today would i be reading from the book of judas you think jesus rejoiced at judas betrayal not one moment For God so loved the world, and Judas was part of the world. It's hard for me to accept the way God loves some people. Come on. (laughs) Come on. I don't want them to go to hell, but can you put them on the other side of heaven? Just away from me. (laughs) I got news for you. When you behold Jesus in his glory, you don't care who's beside you. How many remember the day you got saved? I want I, now. I do want to see some hands. Come on, you remember the day you got saved? If you don't remember that day, today's the day. And I mean that was serious, every, every, as serious as I can be. But you remember the day? Do you remember? <laughs> Did you wake up and say, or you know, walk up, or get up from the altar and look around and say, "Oh, I love everybody but you"? No. At that moment, you loved everyone. Correct. You had experienced the love of Jesus in such a real way, there wasn't one person you could think of that you didn't love at that moment. But oh, how that moment fades! What would happen if we revisit the cross this morning and rediscover the freedom, rediscover the love? Read us over the unconditional love of Jesus again. And what if this time we don't let it fade away, but we rekindle it every single day and we start to carry it into our jobs, our schools, into our community. What could God do to set Chatuga County free if we had that kind of love for people? So this morning, my challenge is simply this that we unleash the spirit of God and his undeniable love for this world in us this morning. Now, listen, love doesn't mean that I I overlook wrong. So many times we think that that's what love means. I got news for you. I'm gonna still preach against sin. I'm gonna still preach what's wrong is wrong. Love comes in correction sometimes, but I'm going to tell you, if you don't correct with love, it will never correct. It will corrupt. Listen to me. If you can't correct with love, it will not correct the person. It will corrupt the relationship you have with the person, and it will never get better. So if we correct, it must be corrected with love. Amen? Amen? If somebody loves me, I can be corrected. If somebody comes to me out of maliciousness, I don't take it as correction. I take it as an attack. Come on. Let's stand. Come on, Tim. Now, I'm not one of those preachers to drag you to an altar. I don't do that. I don't point you out. So you don't have anything to fear with that. But as everybody, in respect for what God's doing in this room, i am just ask you, if you would, to close your eyes, just in respect for what God may be speaking into somebody's life. If this morning, maybe the Holy Spirit has moved in your life and you say, Pastor, I've kind of forgotten that love with no judgment on my part i just want to pray for you would you just slip your hand up no looking around please no looking around every head bowed every eye closed there's some others i need to raise their hand just put it up put it right back down pastor i've just kind of forgotten that love and i need to rediscover it come on there's some others God's ready to do a work in your life. Maybe you're in this room this morning and 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 you don't know Jesus, you're not saved, and you want to be saved this morning. You want to know that you're going to heaven. Look, folks, it, it may seem like the longest walk of your life, but it is the most rewarding thing you'll ever experience to know Jesus as your Savior. If you're not saved in this room, maybe you bought into the lie that you can't be redeemed. I'm telling you, it's a lie. He's convinced some in this room, I believe it with all my heart, that you can't be saved. And that's a lie. If you want to be saved this morning, then slip out of your seat. Take somebody by the hand and walk down here with them and say, look, I got to pray. I got to pray. I got to do something. I got to make a change in my life. I need God's love in my life. I just don't feel it there. It's just not there. And I I want to feel it. Maybe you're so consumed with people problems and the way you've been treated by this world that you can't see that Jesus loves you because all you feel is rejection. I've got news for you. He will not reject you this morning, but he will put his arms around you and he will accept and love you. If that's you, I want you to make your way right now amen if that's you i'll tell you what let's just start off easy no looking around no no looking around please i know it's difficult sometimes but in respect for what god's doing just raise your hand say pastor that's me i need to be saved i need to be saved come on i won't pull you down here i promise i just want to pray for you pastor i need to be saved i need to know i'm going to heaven i don't know that i don't know that i feel lost this morning is there one this morning just slip your hand up and put it right back down Maybe you, you're a child of God, but you've grown cold. You've grown cold in your experience with God. It's been a long time since you got up from an altar and you felt forgiveness real in your life and you felt the joy of the Lord in your life and you felt a passion for Jesus in your life. Maybe you've forgotten that feeling and you want to revisit the cross this morning. If that's you, just slip your hand up. Just slip your hand up. There's some others. There's some others. And I'm going to invite you if you raised your hand for any of these reasons I'm going to invite you to come to this altar for a time of prayer no, no pressure I'm not going to pull you here but you say I don't want to go by myself take somebody by the hand there's some others come on it's not always the teenagers that need to pray some of us adults need to get in this altar how long has it been since your tears stained an altar come on folks let's obey Lord this morning I'm not going to push us but I'm telling you somebody needs to obey God this morning come on come on there's some others there's some others there's some others. Let's pray this morning. Let's talk to Jesus this morning. Let's get some of our leaders down here to pray with some of these folks. There's some others. I'm telling you, there's some others right now need to make their way to this altar right now. Need to make their way to this altar right now. We have time to pray this morning. We have time to pray this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus to Jesus. Amen. This altar's open. There's, a, I'm telling you, right now, somebody needs to come. I feel that heavy in my heart right now. Somebody needs to come. They need to make their way to this altar. They need to do some business with God. I'm telling you now, if he's not Jesus on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, if he's only Jesus on Sunday, something's wrong. We need a correction in our relationship. God's ready to do that. God's ready to love you if you will come. Amen. On behalf of Harvest Worship Center, we would like to thank you for listening and worshiping with us today. For more information, please visit our website at tryonhwc.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We would also like to invite you to come and experience the presence of the Lord with us in person. We are located at 456 4th Street in Tryon, Georgia. Our morning celebration and evening celebrations are every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. Wednesday night is Worship in the Word night. We have classes for every age beginning at 7 p.m. We look forward to meeting you.